Hello and welcome to another episode of the Flipwit Podcast. My name's Ian Broom and today I am joined by Simon McCann. So Simon, let's start with you introducing yourself, please. Hi Ian, um, thanks for having me. So my name's Simon McCann. I'm currently the commercial sales manager for a software company called Alteryx. So we're a data analytics platform, US company. I joined Alteryx in 2014 as a sales rep. I was the third person in the EMEA office. So the office had just opened and I joined um, I now run our new business sales team from here, and the team's grown from just the three of us in our home office in 2014 to the 65 of us now, um, spread all across EMEA, and the company's raised a few hundred million in VC money. We've gone from 100, I was 123 globally um, employees, and there's now 500 plus. So I've seen quite a nice growth um, with Alteryx. Before then, I kind of had the entrepreneurial route, so I had my own companies. Um, predominantly doing the sales piece. Unfortunately, they didn't work out too well, so we shut them down. Um, and I then joined um, two other companies where I worked in sales roles, and um, both were very small, and, and they grew, and then I jumped over to Alteryx. Fantastic. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the topic of common mistakes companies make when beginning to ramp sales. And uh, I guess I think uh, one of the key things that uh, people always assume when they start hiring salespeople is that salespeople know how to sell and that they will figure things out on their own. Is that your experience? No. So Alteryx has a very clear sales model. We follow a land and expand model, which means our sole objective is selling a small number of licenses into a target company. Um, that requires a very specific skill set. If you're a sales rep at Oracle, or IBM or one of the big stack vendors selling big software deployments, you're going to be used to speaking to a C-level audience selling half a million, a million dollars worth of software over a one-year sales cycle. Typically, you might do two transactions a year. It's probably a good year. My team is focused on doing over 50 transactions per year, so we are really trying to churn out that new business. And the skill set required between those two sales models is really different. And if you get a really good sales process, and put in that wrong sales rep because they've got experience in a different sales process, it's a surefire way of um, not getting the growth or getting the sales that you're expecting. So is there any way that somebody who's talking to a uh, suitable new sales rep versus, say, a unsuitable new sales rep, mm -hmm. is there any way from that conversation to determine who is the right sales rep? Yeah, it's a good question. And we're currently doing a lot of recruitment, so it's a question that plagues me kind of every day. How would you pick if a rep can fit into the sales process that you're doing. Typically, you look at experience, but that's not everything because we have successful salespeople that have joined from that enterprise sale, that big half a million transaction, and have fitted really well into that high-velocity selling that we do. Typically, the biggest criteria that we look for is their ability to learn and adapt because if you can bring someone into your organization and say, look, we've now been doing this for four years and this is exactly how we do this and communicate that value if they're happy to pick it up and accept that maybe in this instance you know best um, then they're going to be successful on the flip side how do you know if someone's going to be unsuccessful is they think they know best they've got 10 years of experience they're not going to listen to somebody that's still maybe relatively new in the industry or somebody that's not been selling as long as they have um, that's the person that you know is going to fail because they're not um, going to accept that your way is is there for a reason. So without giving away all of your secrets in case candidates are listening, are there any kind of key questions or key uh, processes that you implement that help you to determine 
those kind of uh, the, the good and the bad attributes? What we asked them about the historical sales experience, tell us about a deal that you've closed, tell us about a deal that um, went off course and you, back, and you brought back on track. We also run some role plays. So we asked them to do um, a demo and we then put a scenario in place and the questions that we're asking are kind of leading questions. So we want them to kind of take us down our typical sales process route without us necessarily telling them that that's our sales process. So it's, it's about asking and, and um, giving objections saying, you know, now might not be the right time or I don't have time to evaluate the software or oh, maybe we'll do an eight month POC. What kind of support can you um, give to us? And it's how the candidate adapts and responds in a situation like that will tell you whether or not they're cut out for, for the role. Okay, excellent. And uh, I guess, is there uh, key materials that an organization would need in order to be able to bring a sales rep up to speed? Yes, so it's about documentation and communication. Um, so we have a printed playbook, we have an online playbook, we use Salesforce as our CRM system and our sales stages and our opportunity pages are all laid out to make it really easy for a rep to understand what they need to be doing at each stage of the sales process. Um, and then my role as a manager is to sit down and kind of work with them, especially in the early days and say, right, we've got somebody that's interested, how are we going to take them through that path to purchase? How long does it typically take for you guys in what well, maybe the current position versus a couple of years ago where I assume you were a little bit less mature as an organization? Um, how long is it currently taking now to get a, a salesperson up to speed as opposed to previously? Um, yeah. yeah, so when, when I joined in 2014, we had, we had a rough sales process. So all tricks was about 120 people by that point. So we had a sales process in place, but in EMEA, we were brand new to it. And we had no one with experience of selling the old tricks. Um, sales process so then it, it probably took a little bit longer to get up and ramped now really it should be a sales cycle um, which for us is, is about six weeks so somebody should be up and running within that that time frame and when you were receiving what sounds like an American sales process and trying to like retrofit it to European market what were the challenges that you guys experienced well I suppose t it's um, the typical challenge is about the experience the customer has in purchasing software. So they have just learned a way of purchasing software and you're now coming in saying, well, this is how we sell software and it's the complete opposite to the likes of Oracle or IBM. Um, so it's about just talking about the benefits as to why they're gonna do it. And really the way that we, I'm biased, but really the way that we sell software is the logical way to purchase software. And it's the way that new, the new kind of breed of software vendors are selling. Um, and we're lucky that we've got other people who have maybe pioneered that sales model ahead of us. But really, we just tell them what the benefits are to them and most of them go ahead with that. Are you able to talk about that sales process from like what's considered the new way versus the old way? Yeah, so it's, it's, not, it's, not, a secret, it's not a secret source, um, but it's really, it's a really simple model. Um, everyone likes a rhyming acronym, uh, C, try, buy. So our whole, our whole kind of sales process is around You've expressed an interest in analytical software. Let us show you our solution, how it works. We'll tell you about how people are using it. Really simple online demo. All of my team are uh, an inside sales reps, all this done over the phone. Um, a really simple, short demo of the product. This is how you use it. This is how you build out a very simple process. Now we want you to go away and try that process. Go away and use the software, download it, it's free. We've got lots of online training materials and then let us teach you. Let us come back to another online session, show us what you've done, tell us what you liked, tell us what you didn't like, tell us what you found difficult. We will then help 
kind of cover all of those three things. We'll maybe show you how to get more from the software or we'll show you how to do something that you hadn't figured out how to do on your own. Um, and once you're comfortable with the right solution, buy the software um, for a small initial purchase. Now, in retrospect, we're trying to sell the smallest possible deal. We kind of just want you to purchase the software, show a little bit of commitment and then help us. We will help you grow the software. You flick it to the kind of enterprise sell, they're doing the opposite. Most of the time, they don't want you to use the software. So it's very difficult to use. They don't want you to kind of deploy it on site and give it to everybody. They want to speak to the C-level people. They want to sell you the dream of what it's going to give you and your organization. They want you to write a big check for as big as possible. They really want to ramp up that deal um, value, and then they'll look for you to sign. So one is very nimble, very responsive, very hands-on, I think. And one is very hands-off, uh, very de almost deliberately slow, I think, in the way you were describing it. Um, do you ever get asked to come on site uh, and do these those demos face-to-face? -face, and how do you manage that? Because you're obviously uh, keen to mention that you do it all over the phone. Yeah, we, we do get asked to come in. Um, so there's two ways that we do it. We're a very channel-friendly business. So if someone really wants to see someone and really wants to sit down with them and we just can't do that, we'll send in a channel partner. And we've got some really good channel partners that we work with. Um, and then the second one is just we reframe what we're doing. We say, look, all we're trying to do at this time is help you understand that we're the right solution, make that small commitment. You then get a dedicated account manager who's responsible for helping you grow the footprint of Alteryx within your organization. They'll come on site. They'll do those um, in-person workshops, in-person sessions with you, but we we need to see your commitment, and at the same time, we'll give you our commitment to that in-person session. Excellent. And so, uh, coming back to the sales processes for a second, uh, were the sales is it the sales team that have been determining those processes on their own, and uh, like have they been able to do that without any concern? As in, have they been able to be autonomous and be effective? Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting question. So when I joined actually in 2014, so we have this land and expand sales methodology and that's the sales process that we work with. At Alteryx, just before I joined, we were a different sell, we were an enterprise sell. So we had a high deal value, we were looking through a bigger, a bigger deal. Um, and we then made that transition to this land and expand model. And it wasn't just the sales team that dictated that. Not that I had anything to do with the decision, but it wasn't just the sales team that, that ultimately set what that sales process looked like. You have marketing has to change, the product team have to change, all of the functions within the business that are there to ultimately drive sales um, have to change and have to adapt and have to have input onto that sales process. So as the, again, talking about Alteryx as an experience, as the EMEA Alteryx sales process has been refined and changed and been adapted to our model, we're working with our pre-sales technical um, support team who will do those technical review sessions. We work with our marketing team um, and we work with the product team in the US to make sure that everyone is aligned to delivering a product and a marketing message and a sales message that aligns with the sales model. Okay, so it's not something that sales have necessarily been able to pioneer. So does that mean that the sales team have had to spend a lot of time working with other departments or it was kind of C-level management who said that this is the change and it was kind of top down or was it driven by maybe more marketing yeah, I think, I think it's a combination of both. So it came down from uh, um, the C-level suite. Ultimately, they made the decision that the business was going to make this commitment. But then it's down to everyone from mid-management through to the rep level to work with their counterparts and other, and other teams and other parts of the business to make sure it's successful. 
Um, so it's it's the responsibility of everyone within the organization to make sure the sales model is being delivered upon. Um, and what your people where it's not successful is where you have a product team who are focused on um, enterprise readiness. So they're all about governance and selling to IT. And then you've got a sales team that are trying to solve the line of business as small deal size as possible. There's not an alignment there and everything will go out of sync pretty quickly. And why did Alteryx make that change? Do you know? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I think it was a go-to-market decision. Right. It's worked, so it was a good decision. That's good. Um, and it has probably led to helping uh, Alteryx to raise a bit more money based on what you said earlier. Yeah, I'm guessing so. Yeah. Okay, cool. And, um, and so uh, kind of deep diving back into the core skills uh, other than um, kind of what you look for in the interview. But I guess if you were hiring somebody and they were going to uh, join your business today, what are the types of uh, skills that you would want to see them exhibiting, say, in the first couple of weeks? So we, I, look, I look for kind of three things. So proactiveness is, is the biggest one. I want someone that's going to come into the organization and come into a territory and it's just going to dive in and say, how can I generate as much business in the shortest possible period of time? So they're going through Salesforce, they're looking at what's currently available, um, and they're just being proactive and, and driving their own business. Um, the second is kind of process, which means that they're coming with this proactive attitude, but they're doing it for a reason, and they're deploying and implementing their own process when it comes to delivering um, on their um giving them on the outcomes that they've set themselves to deliver upon. And the third one is, um, again, it's kind of purpose. So it's, does this person understand the purpose of the organization? So it's not necessarily do they have a process to deliver, it's do they have a purpose for coming in and delivering it, and do they know what their role is within the company? So my team may not generate the largest amount of revenue when you look at total sales across a 12-month period, but what we do deliver is pipeline to the rest of the business for them to generate the revenue. So if they understand that purpose, then they can effectively get the other two things, that process and the um, proactiveness to then deliver. Mm -hmm. And uh, with this rapid scale, has it taken you guys a long time to figure out the right way to, I guess, kind of encourage, maybe incentivize or focus uh, hires? And I guess... How have you managed the changes as you've learned new lessons um, and kind of ensured that you don't lose people out of, say, frustration? Uh, they they stay motivated and they, they keep feeling like they're contributing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, I'm not going to talk about our compensation plan directly, but what I will say is that our comp compensation plan has evolved and adapted to meet the sales model. And that's really important that we're um, remunerating the reps in a way that aligns with the sales process. And we've changed that over a couple of iterations iterations over the past couple of years. The second piece around um, communicating the benefit of the sales process to the reps is around metrics and how are you communicating how successful they're being. So we know our metrics really well. So we know our win rates, we know our average order value, our average sales cycle. We make all of that clear to the reps so they can understand at any point what they're how their business is evolving, how their business looks what they need to do and what they need to prioritize on. And that really clearly fits with um, our metrics really align with our sales process. But you wouldn't take our metrics and drop them into an enterprise selling organization because they just don't line up. But if we were to flip and go back to selling an enterprise sell, then the first thing I'd do is making sure the remuneration of the reps is realigned with that sales process. And we understand the core metrics that we're looking for in that sales process 
to help keep the rep on track and help them motivated to know that they're making progress. Do you offer uh, an ongoing form mm -hmm. of professional development to help uh, support the reps, not only professional growth, but also, I guess, um, interest in kind of moving maybe up in the organization, learning new skills, new systems as well, uh, kind of supporting, maybe avoiding plateaus in their performance? Yeah, so that's something that we're, we're investing more in now. So there's no, oh, well, there is now a formal process with which you can get professional learning and development, you can get career kind of mentorship and guidance from other people within the organization before really the past kind of six months, we weren't at size where we really offered that, especially in the EMEA office. Um, so we didn't do it, but it's something that we're now looking to do more of. Okay, so it's a mixture of uh, external, say professional uh, sales training or professional development, but also internal mentoring that you're hoping to ramp up? Yes, so the, the external kind of sales training that we've got is actually all done online. We use an online vendor who create um, videos and content and have access to books and online courses. We also use um, kind of online video sharing internally. So different reps will talk about a sale that they've won, a sale that they've lost. They'll talk about a use case or an experience and share that internally as well to help reinforce the sales process that we're trying to um, trying to sell mm. and obviously the organization is growing very rapidly how does the organization stay on track as an entire organization so we have quarterly all hands calls that Dean Stoker who's our CEO and founder runs so he will kind of host it and then we have different heads of the business kind of coming in talking about what they're doing some of the sales reps talk about wins that they've recently had and um, everyone celebrates the success together we have a yearly um, sales kickoff that's in California so it's very good for the EMEA team we quite like going out there in January uh, slightly better weather so we do like events like that and we kind of have a virtual all hands meeting but we try we use Salesforce really heavily to share wins and ideas and everyone kind of talks through chatter so boiling this back to kind of our, our topic in relation to common mistakes companies make when ramping sales and obviously uh, we've discussed many different facets of sales so far. Uh, what do you think are probably the main ones that if, if you were talking to say somebody who was like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm really driving my sales team up, you know, we're, we've gone from a couple to many, uh, what are the key things that you'd be kind of really encouraging them to pay a special attention to? Yeah, so first one would be making sure the whole business is aligned to that model. The whole business is making decisions with the sole focus of delivering on the outcome of that sales model. Um, the second one would be making it clear to the rep and the whole organization exactly what is expected of them at each sales process to deliver on that model. Um, and then the third one is about hiring the right people and making sure that you have the right reps and the right people around the reps to deliver on that sales process. Fantastic. So if people want to find out more about you, Simon, or, uh, or keep up with you, what's the best place for them to go? Uh, I use Twitter, so at Simon McCann, um, and then LinkedIn. I'm a salesperson, so I spend a lot of time on LinkedIn, um, just Simon McCann, and you'll see I work for Alltricks. Add me, and you can uh, message me through there as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the Flip Flip Podcast. I really appreciate it. No worries.